welcome to I'm Jealous, hosted by me, Vicki Cato. This podcast tells the story of my journey to finding myself and starting my business. Hi friends, it's Vicki and you are listening to the I'm Jealous podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, on today's episode, we are going to have a quick update on the pant business. So I'll let you know kind of where things are at. And then we will actually have a topic for discussion. So as I promised, I will try not to blab on and on about my struggles in the pant business. We will have an actual topic to discuss today. And that topic is shame. <laughs> shame, shame, shame. So it's kind of on brand for my like struggling entrepreneur type of uh, vibe but yeah I kind of want to get into it it was on my mind a lot and I feel like yeah we should chat about it so just keep listening (laughs) we'll start with the update and then we'll get into the whole shame 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 topic Okay, so this past week has been pretty dang good. I feel like I should have recorded this right after I had my meeting with my sample maker because I was just so pumped and so just feeling really good about things after I met with her. And I think that's one of the best things. I'm not sure if I've really gone into detail about how wonderful my sample maker is, but she really is my type of person. One, the fact that she is super chatty and I love a good chat, so we definitely align in that way, but also she's very giving with her time and willing to like coach and mentor, you know, newbie fashion designers like myself, so whenever I do go and meet with her, I feel like, especially now as some time has passed, I think now I feel more comfortable to ask her questions and to be very vocal when I don't understand something. It's definitely taken me a while to get to this point with my sample maker where I do feel like I can just say, sorry, I didn't get that. I don't understand that. Why are we doing it that way? And just ask every single stupid question that comes to mind. And I also feel comfortable now to go kind of back and forth on things in terms of my own indecision so I think before I used to feel very much like oh I have to make up my mind and that's it and not really show her that I do have some you know reservations about certain things whereas now I feel like I can tell her that and I feel like we can kind of work through those um, reservations together So it's just been really great. I'm really glad that I have her kind of in my corner and helping me along with building this brand and everything. So when I met with her this week, I I did a few things. One, I tried on all of my sample sizes again. So I am technically a sample size medium. The medium was shrunk by one of my fit testers mistakenly. Um, So I also tried on the sample size small. Um, and I tried on the sample size large and I also tried on the sample size extra large. So I tried on, oh, and I also tried on the medium in a different fabric as well, which did not shrink. Um, so I just tried on all of my sample sizes again, looked through all of the pictures I had with all of the fit models. And then 
leading up to my meeting with my sample maker, I made a bunch of notes on all the things that I wanted to talk about with her and address with her, some changes that I wanted to see made on some of the details and the finishing things and the fit and all of that stuff. So I made one list on a whiteboard at home while I was trying everything on. And then I made another list online that I could kind of update and edit and stuff while I was at work. So I had a really good solid list of everything I wanted to go through with her. And one of the things that I had kind of been challenged by in the past was that I would have all of these things that I wanted to discuss with my sample maker, but like I said, she loves to chat and so do I, and so sometimes things just would get missed and I wouldn't bring them up. So even though we do communicate a lot via email, I feel like what we discuss in her studio tends to be more what we go by. So this time around, this was my first time doing this and I feel like it was super successful, was I actually printed out a list of points that I wanted to go through with her. I printed out the list on paper so it wasn't just on my phone because I've done it before where I put it on my phone thinking I would just go through it that way. I didn't do that. I printed off a piece of paper, I had a pen in hand, and I literally took notes while she was talking and as we went through each and every point that I had listed. So I could check things off when we actually went through it, I could add things to it, I could put a question mark, I could do whatever. And I found that to be a lot, a lot better. Um, in terms of keeping me focused and making sure that I actually do discuss everything that I wanted to discuss. And then also having some kind of like concrete, because usually when we talk, I feel like I am hearing her, I'm understanding her, I'm remembering, but then I go home and I'm like, oh, what did we say about that thing? So I think having it this way, it makes her and I both more accountable to what we discuss and what we decide on. So there is a lot less of chance for, you know, a misunderstanding or something to be forgotten, right? So we did that, I noted everything, and then I went home, and I drafted everything, and then I emailed her basically a list of everything that we discussed and what we decided on, um, and I felt really good about it. So one of the things that I thought was kind of eye-opening was that I was struggling with the grading of my pants. Um, I felt like my sister, who would typically be a small, I gave her the small to try on and she loved them, but I felt like they were too big on her. And she was like, you know, if it's something that I'm just wearing to kick around the house, it's not a big deal. But if it is something that you're trying to have as like a more elevated sweatpants, something that you could actually wear into the office or while running errands and stuff like that, then it should be a closer fit. And so what my sample maker said was that we can actually have the small, which I was actually trying on in her studio. She's like, we can actually have that small then become the medium. So that is going to solve a lot of the issues because now what used to be the extra small is now the small and will fit, um, a, a, I would say a typical size small a lot more the way that I had envisioned it so that really helped with a lot of things and I hadn't even considered that so it was kind of yeah it was just a really great from all of her background and knowledge the fact that she immediately was like let's just try it that way and then see how you feel um it just kind of was like oh my god that's so easy and like I didn't even consider that um 
so yeah, so that's one thing that we're going to do. Um, and then there were a few other things that we wanted to change and a lot of the details with the pants, I really love them and I don't want to let go of them. However, because the price of production is higher than I wanted, there is that opening that I could potentially change some of the details or get rid of them and that would reduce the production cost. So right now, after meeting with her, I don't feel like I want to actually do that. I think I want to just leave everything as is in terms of a lot of the finishing details. Um, the only thing I did get rid of was the drawstring and that actually does save money in terms of the production cost. So little things like that. I mean, if you're considering starting your own fashion brand and you've kind of put together what you want, just keep in mind that all of the little details, the pockets, um, you know, zippers, all of that stuff, that requires extra time and of course requires an extra cost. And I just didn't really fully consider that to begin with. So I would definitely say keep that in mind when you're doing your designs. So at the end of the day, we have a good plan going forward. I am still waiting for my fabric. And when I was talking with my sample maker and I was like, you know, I've been bugging them basically every week asking about my fabric and obviously there's nothing they can do. They haven't actually billed me for it. I have it um, purchased on back order, but they don't actually charge my credit card until they ship out the fabric. So I'm feeling like they want to they want to charge me, but they can't because they don't have the fabric. So for me to just be bugging them about the fabric every day, it seems kind of stupid, right? But what my sample maker said was like, you know, sometimes things happen where it's like it could just be on the bottom of a pile or something. So it doesn't hurt to just continue to follow up with them so that when it does come in, you are front of mind and they do send it out right away. And she just told me about an example that she had where she had ordered something and they were waiting for it for a few days. And then she ended up calling and like, oh yeah, it's here. Sorry, we completely just forgot to send it out. So I took her advice. I emailed um, the fabric supplier and they actually said, oh, it's actually supposed to come this week. We hope to send it out for you next week. So fingers crossed, I will have my um, second fabric choice option here by sometime in the coming week. And then I can go ahead and do my recut. And hopefully once I do my recut, I'll be in a I'll just be in a better place overall to know what the next step is going to be because I love the current fabric. The only thing is, is that it's expensive. So if this recut in the less expensive fabric choice doesn't fit me the way that I want it to, then I'm going to go back to the original fabric for the slim fit jogger trouser. But the other thing that we talked about is adding a different design. So originally I had wanted to launch with just the one joggers, this is it, it's one style. Um, but from what my sample maker said, it wouldn't be too difficult for us to kind of tweak the pattern to create a second style. So a second fit that would be more of a straight leg, a looser fit. Um, I told her that I don't know what's happened. <laughs> I don't know if this is just me aging or the pandemic or what it is, but I feel a lot and I, I guess I've always kind of been like this but I feel a lot more comfortable in looser fitting clothes so the initial design for the 
trousers slash joggers is a beautiful slim fit I feel like it's quite classic where it's like a very very slim boot cut um it looks similar to I mean I've got pants in my closet that I've had for maybe 10 or 15 years that I feel like it's not going to change much it's very slim and tailored and like close to the body which I think works on a day-to-day for work when you do want to feel a little bit more dressed up. However, there are days where you want to be a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more comfortable. And I think for that, I would want a looser fit. So more of like um, a mom jean, but a yeah, no, I think just a mom jean. A mom jean slash boyfriend jean, a looser fit, straighter leg, um, straighter leg, but also tapered. So uh, anyways, <laughs> getting into too much detail here. This is supposed to be a quick update. So she said we can make a few tweaks to the design to allow for that second style option and that it wouldn't necessarily have to be us starting completely over. And so because of that, maybe it wouldn't cost me quite as much to do it. So I'm still debating if I'm going to have enough time or money to do that as the same time as I launch um, the first style. Because I really do think it would be nice to have more than one style to launch with so people can see, okay, if you want something like this, you can buy option A. If you want something like this, you can buy option B. If you want something like this, you can buy option C. So ideally, I would like to launch with three styles now. So I'm going from one to three. I mean, it seems like it seems crazy, but in talking to her, it doesn't seem like I'm that far off. I have a really nice uh, trouser fabric and the trouser pants are going to fit very similar to the slim fit jogger. The only difference being the fabric and the uh, waistband. So this one is going to zip up. So it's going to be a little bit different that way. And that would be another option. And then the one that we just discussed where it's like a looser fitting um, jogger. So I'm going to see how things go in the next week when I do get the second fabric choice in and then we'll kind of just have to go from there. But that honestly meeting with my sample maker, talking everything out with her and kind of having a plan of action for the next steps made me feel so much better. Um, I probably should have done it sooner. I'm not sure why I didn't. I think there was a lot of stuff in my head in terms of, oh, I don't know if this is right. I don't know if this is really you know, the right style or the right fit or whatever. But as soon as I put on the sample, I was like, I freaking love these pants. Like, (laughs) they're pretty awesome pants. Like, I really do love them. And I think that was something that maybe I had lost sight of because I was starting to get really bogged down in, you know, feeling like a failure and feeling like I had no idea what I was doing. But then when I go back to like, the actual thing that I'm making, I do really love it. And so I hope I remember it next time to just kind of go back to that when things do start to get rough is like, there's a reason why you're doing this and there's a reason why you love it. So just don't lose sight of that when things start to get tough. So that was that with the fittings and everything with my sample maker. Um, The other thing that's been really awesome is that I mentioned to you guys that I wanted to start working on my opt-in offer and I wanted to have it ready for International Women's Day. Um, I actually got it done. (laughs) I'm really proud of myself because it ended up being, it ended up being a lot 
harder than I maybe originally thought it was going to be because it's a top 10 list of like our favorite products from women-owned brands in Canada and I thought it was just going to be something where I can just kind of put it together make it look nice and it'd be ready in like a day but it wasn't that easy one I started getting super distracted because the brands that my friends recommended were really freaking awesome and some of them I didn't know about so then I start going deep diving on these different brands and like you know essentially shopping and looking at all of their cool stuff and like then looking on their Instagram and see oh how long have they been around for let me see what their Instagram looks like and you know how did they do everything and who's the woman behind this brand and let me start looking for all of the different publications that she's been featured in so it I went off in a little bit of a tangent, but at the same time, it was a really great exercise to see how these other women entrepreneurs have been able to do it. And um, Amanda, she recommended hoo-ha, hoo-ha underwear. And the woman behind Hoo-Ha, Alexa, I believe her name is, she, in her about page, I was just reading through everything. And she actually said, And I'm sure to her it was like, or maybe it wasn't, maybe it was a very thoughtful comment, but she said in her about page about how she has tried and failed at a lot of businesses prior to hoo-ha. And it was just like, I just loved seeing that. And I mean, I hope that doesn't sound bad, but it's not that I love that she failed. Obviously, I would never want any woman to fail at what they're doing, but hearing from someone who is currently successful to say that they were not always that way that they have failed that they have tried things that did not work before it makes it feel less scary to be doing something that you're not a hundred percent sure of how to do it um I remember when I first I think it was even before I got my results I wrote the CFE the CFE has I mean depending on the year it could have like a really high pass rate of like 75% or a really low pass rate of like 50% so you go through the CPA program for over two years you write an exam that's over three days long and you're just waiting to get the results back right and meanwhile everybody that you work with everyone that you know knows that you've written the CFE and there's just a lot of pressure of like oh my god like what if I fail? Everyone's going to know that I'm like this fucking failure, Um, which is so not true. But that's how you feel. That's how it feels. And I remember it was before I got the results, I went to this like, um, I forget who put it on, but it was like a women's, women in finance. I think it was women in finance had like a luncheon And one of the speakers at the luncheon was CFO of a really big company and she was super smart. And in her discussion, she talked about how she failed the CFI. So to me, hearing from this woman who is so smart, so successful, hearing how she prepared for the CFI and how she was like, you know, top of her class and, you know, everyone knew that she was meant to pass and she didn't and it just made me feel like okay if I fail it's not because there's something necessarily wrong with me you know and even though you know that intellectually sometimes in your heart it doesn't feel that way 
So hearing from a woman who I could look at and see she is smart, she is successful, and she failed the CFE, it kind of brought it home that how you do on this test doesn't really dictate your future and doesn't really have anything to do with your own capabilities, right? And I think that's the same thing for when I heard about this founder of Hoo-Ha when she said that she has failed other businesses before. It just made me feel like, okay, don't worry so much about your potential failure. (laughs) Just try it. Try it and see how it goes and kind of let go of that fear of failure. So I just loved her honesty um, in her about page to just mention that. It was really yeah, it was really impactful for me. So I got the opt-in offer done. It's like a little, I want to say it's 10 pages, a little 10 page kind of like magazine style um, list of our favorite things from Canadian brands. It took me a lot longer than I thought I would, but I am really happy with it. I think if I were to, oh, and I did the whole thing in Canva. Canva is wonderful. I mean, I'm sure everybody knows that by now. Also, another company started by a young woman entrepreneur. Um, But I think I probably could have spent 100 more days on it. But at a certain point, it was like, I need to, I need to kind of just be good with what I've got and be willing to put it out there. And then, of course, I can make changes and adjustments as time goes by. And hopefully, I won't get in trouble for like... (laughs) featuring some of the brands that I did because I wasn't sure in terms of like copyright and stuff like that I did use their imagery like from their website and I mean I don't know if I was supposed to like cite it or what I mean it's it's not a term paper so I don't know I don't know I did put all of the websites and stuff of where you can find the things so hopefully that's enough Um, But yeah, I was really proud to have that done. I still have to do another opt-in offer um, for because I have another idea for an opt-in offer and we're actually going to get into it a little bit when we discuss our topic on shame. But that's still to come, my secondary opt-in offer. But I feel like this is a really good start. I am happy with it. I am proud of it. Um, I'm still going to have to figure out how I'm going to like give it away in exchange for people's email addresses. So I think I'm, I'll figure that out. It'll be fine. (laughs) So I think, I think that's about it in terms of the business. Uh, We'll get into a little bit more when I chat about the topic. Um, But yeah, I think that's it. Those are the big accomplishments that I met with my sample maker waiting on fabric and I got my opt-in offer done. So woohoo, woo friggin' who. Okay, now it's time to talk about shame. Shame, 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 right after the break. So earlier this week, I Googled myself. I don't know why. I don't know what I was thinking, but I just decided to do it to Google myself, and my podcast came up. And I mean, I don't know why it surprised me that it came up, my podcast, my Instagram it all came up and it really made me feel, I don't like, it made me feel ashamed. And it's funny because 
I love this podcast and I feel like I am probably my most true and authentic self on this podcast and I don't really feel like I have anything to be ashamed of necessarily by having this podcast. However, the idea that someone who is like a normal, I shouldn't say normal, but I feel like for you to be listening to this podcast, I feel like there is a part of what's in you and me and what's in me and you. Like there's something that we share because you listen to this podcast. There's something in you that is just as like, (laughs) I don't know, weird, fucked up, you know, ambitious, uncertain. There's something that we share, a connection that we share, right? And I feel like for someone who is not us um, to Google me and see the podcast and listen to the podcast, they might not have that same thing that maybe we have. And that I think makes me worried. Like, a potential employer, a past employer, a current employer could Google me and hear about my podcast, hear about my struggles with entrepreneurship and trying to, you know, start a business. And they could maybe look at that negatively. And I don't know if they even would. I don't think it's anything negative, but it did make me feel that way. And so that's why on today's episode, I just wanted to kind of jump into it and talk about shame because I really do feel like shame plays a bigger part in my life than I often want to give it credit for. Um, I think there is a huge connection between shame and fear and I think a lot of the fear that I have in potential failure comes from shame So I would be embarrassed and feel a certain amount of shame if my business wasn't successful. And so if I could get rid of that, if I could get rid of that feeling of embarrassment or shame or caring whatever anyone else thinks about me, if I could get rid of that, then I could more fully show up in my business and I could be more... um, more loud and more you know just in your face with it but right now I do still feel a lot of shame and worry um, and embarrassment in terms of what are people going to think of me you know yeah and that really I feel like that's really holding me back and it's funny because I kind of wanted to talk about how I wanted to have two opt-in offers. One would be for my brand page, Nikato, and one would be for my personal page, um, Vicky the Entrepreneur, right? And when I think about it more and more, it's like the only reason why I'm wanting to split my pages is because I do feel some shame. The reason why I didn't post anything about my Nikato brand on my actual personal Instagram page um, where I have like old colleagues and coworkers and stuff like that is because I felt worried about what would they think of me and 
I just had some feelings of shame there. And so that's why I started my Nikato Fitz page where I was like, okay, here I can just post whatever. No one's going to know about it who actually knows me like in real life. And so I could be more myself, more open, more out there. But ideally, I would be able to post on my personal Instagram page where, you know, my family and friends all follow me. And I could use that as my entrepreneur page. But I've just been so just weighed down by that feeling of shame. And I I don't know why. I don't know why it's there. I don't know why I feel it so strongly of feeling like embarrassed for wanting to pursue something different. Embarrassed of what if this doesn't work? What are people going to think of me? I do just feel a lot of embarrassment. And I really want to find a way to let that go. And part of me feels like, well, if I just rip the band-aid off and I just start not giving a fuck, that's the only way to do it. <laughs> but but I don't know, I don't know, one, if I can actually do that, and two, if it will actually make things better or easier for me. Like, if I do start just like, posting stuff on my personal page will it make me feel uncomfortable for like the first three months and then it's like okay now this is better or or is it just like no I just will always feel this way and that there's some other work that I need to be doing in order to let go of that feeling of shame and embarrassment um yeah I don't know I really don't know It took me a while to even talk to my mom about me starting a business. Um, It's funny because she's brought up before that she wanted to start a business, um, but she's always been working. She's always been working her two or three jobs, and so it just didn't, there wasn't enough time really to really figure everything out. And I remember she wanted to, you know, do something with selling scrubs online and I kind of helped her and we like looked into it, but the cost to get started up and like, did it really make sense? So we just kind of scrapped the whole idea. But I remember at that time, there was something in her that I feel like she was excited to start something and to do something for herself. But because of whatever with just like regular day-to-day work stuff she just wasn't able to kind of keep it going and I don't know if maybe that's part of the reason why it's taken me so long to kind of figure all of this stuff out is because part of me has always felt like well maybe this just isn't meant for me maybe this isn't going to work and so that's kind of been keeping me stuck I don't know. But when I did tell her about my business, she was super like supportive and lovely and, you know, excited for me. But there's still something inside of me that feels like, I don't know, like maybe she would be happier if I was just happy in my nine to five. If I just did that and I was happy with that, that she would maybe be more comfortable with that and I don't know that she's never said anything like that to me I think it's just kind of a feeling that I have or something that I've put on myself of like 
maybe her not being happy with my choices. Um, and I still, I mean, I don't have a very close relationship with my dad, but I've not talked to him at all about starting this business. And I don't think it's something necessarily that I would talk to him about. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what his response would be either. I don't know. But I'm wondering if maybe I have kind of, I've built this thing up in my head in terms of what they expect from me. And it's kind of, it's made me make some choices in my life thinking that that was something that they wanted. And I don't even know if that's true because we don't really talk about it. But now that I'm starting to make these different choices, it does kind of worry me that maybe it's not what they wanted and maybe not something that they would necessarily be proud of. And so, yeah, I feel a lot of shame around that. And I think with shame too, it's like, I didn't, I think I didn't really understand that it was what was keeping me back. Like I thought maybe, okay, you're just, you just don't want to share your world with everybody. You just, you know, are a more private person, stuff like that. But I don't know if that's it. I feel like it has a lot more to do with me being worried about what other people would think of me and feeling ashamed of like oh I don't have like the nicest things do you know what I mean like my carpet could stand to be replaced (laughs) I don't have a brand new car I don't have like the latest and greatest I don't have a new phone I don't you know those kinds of things where it's like okay now I'm gonna put myself out there and people can and will judge me for what they see and that yeah doesn't make me feel so great so yeah (laughs) I don't know where we go from here I mean I know I wanted to talk about shame and I'm super curious to hear about your thoughts on shame so please dm me email me let me know um yeah, what what are your thoughts on shame? Do you feel like you have shame related to, you know, your accomplishments, your career goals, you know, your body, your whatever it is? Do you feel like there's any shame that's kind of keeping you stuck um, the way I feel like it's doing for me? I think I was very much decided that I wanted to split my pages so that I would have my personal page where I have my family and friends on and then I would have my Nikato brand page which would be more so the brand so very kind of standard issue like nothing too controversial or weird or it would just be very well done (laughs) posts and pictures and all of that stuff so I think that was my thought was that I was going to have that and then I would take that and actually split it into two so I'd have oh my gosh I'd have my personal page 
Vicky Cato. I would have my Nikato Fitz page, which would be Vicky the Entrepreneur. And then I was going to have another page, and that would be my Nikato brand page. So the, it sounds like a lot. <laughs> Mind you, it sounds like a lot. But now what I'm thinking is the only reason I was going to do that was because I was ashamed. Because I didn't want to have people know about my brand and kind of like what I'm doing. Whereas now I'm thinking maybe I need to kind of do things a little bit differently. Maybe I do need to start posting on Instagram and having less shame and just letting go of what people might think or say about me. Because this whole thing started when I googled myself and I saw my podcast come up, my Instagram come up, and I just felt like, oh my god, everybody who, you know, looks me up is going to see that I'm doing this thing, that I'm trying to take a different path now. And that made me feel very vulnerable, like all of my hopes and dreams are now out there for people to see. And yeah, and that was really scary. But if there was any way that I could kind of just like take some of that power back and have it be my choice and kind of stand tall behind that choice and like okay this is what I'm doing I'm not going to be ashamed of it if anyone asks me about it I'm going to talk about it I'm going to be proud and open and all of that stuff I mean god wouldn't that just be the best maybe that is the solution maybe that's the solution to shame is to just not not let it affect you to be intentional about not letting it affect you. So I don't know. I'm going to give it some more thought. Try to figure things out. For right now, I haven't done anything um, for this potential other page. I haven't done anything. And I'm just going to give it a little bit more thought as to what I want my next steps to be and how I want to show up online for me personally and then also for my brand, um, for my accounting career, all of it. I really do need to be thoughtful and intentional about it. So I don't know. We will see. And I guess, yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Um, We are going to have a quote of the week, our cheesy little quote, and it kind of wraps up nicely with what we've been talking about. So let's take a quick break and I will come back with that quote. Okay, so the quote of the week is, what if there was no wrong choice? I'm going to say that again. What if there was no wrong choice? And I said that. <laughs> I'm sure someone else said it, but it was something that was just in my mind this week because I wasn't sure about you know, my pants and what I was going to do with that. I wasn't sure about with Instagram, what I was going to do with that. And I was talking to my brother and we were talking about, you know, career and like just fulfillment and purpose and all of that stuff. And he was talking about the indecision that he feels and feeling stuck, right? 
feeling stuck because you don't want to make a wrong choice. And to that, my response is, well, what if there is no wrong choice? And I think once you see things that way, where it's like there is no wrong choice here, you don't have to worry about, you know, what someone might say about you or what you might be giving up. Everything is a lesson. Everything you are going to get something out of. And if you start thinking about it as things are happening the way that they're supposed to happen, then there really isn't any wrong choice. So all you have to do is listen to yourself and step into that. And then there is no worry, right? There is no shame. That's how I was feeling. It's hard to actually do it and to live that way, but I am trying to be more mindful of that and trying to put that into practice that I want to live a life where I can do what feels good for me and what feels right for me without considering whether or not this is a wrong choice. Because if we take that off the table, there is no wrong choice, then these are all just options. Each option has its pros and its cons and there is no wrong choice. So by me deciding to go with what feels good and right for me, that is the best possible choice, right? So yeah, I'll leave you with that this week. Take that with you, put it in your pocket and let that help to guide you this week. Just try to think about it. Let me know how it goes. There is no wrong choice. There is no wrong choice. So if you're feeling stuck, just know there is no wrong choice and see how things go. Okay, we'll talk again next week. Thank you, thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening. 